In the words of Big Tex from the Texas State Fair, howdy. How are you doing this evening, today, this morning, whenever you're listening to this podcast? I'm glad you joined us. I'm Kenny Price. I'm the host of this podcast, Quat Dot Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. Our mission, you got it, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. This is season 14, episode 303. Title, A Simple Prayer to Shape a Go Forward Strategy. Or actually, a more simple title is A Simple, comma, Powerful, comma, Prayer. Subtitle, The Prayer of Jabez Revisited. The Prayer of Jabez Revisited, however you want to say it. The Prayer of Jabez. Well, here we stand as caring people who don't want to hide our heads in the sand regarding this time of massive history-making, outpouring of evil, nor ignore the undercurrent many of us sense that we really may be living in the very end of days. Yet faced with a real need to have a reason to continue to live our everyday lives with gusto, successful family building, excellence at work, recreation that refreshes unencumbered by the bombardment of mind-jarring news, creative acts that honor God, inspire yourself and enriches others, pursuit of meaningful rest and rejuvenation, all in the joy of the Lord. So we're left with the question, how do we plan a go-forward strategy in the midst of this agitated world? How do we live a life of spiritual gusto in the midst of these whitewater times? First, we need to refresh our memories of Christ's expectation for each of us. In Luke chapter 14, 25 through 35, Jesus gives us his expectations for us as his Christ followers. I use the term Christ followers collectively, though I understand that perhaps not everyone who listens to this podcast is one. I hope this is the case, though. But I also hope that through this simple presentation, you will come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you don't already know him. Starting in Luke chapter 14, verse 25, it reads, Now great crowds were traveling with him. So he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, wanting to build a tower, doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, after he has laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to ridicule him, saying, This man started to build and wasn't able to finish. Or what king, going to war against another king, will not first sit down and decide if he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If not, while the other is still far off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. Now, salt is good, but if salt should lose its taste, how will it be made salty again? It isn't fit for the soil or for the manure pile. They throw it out. Let everyone who has ears to hear listen. My friend, we have to count the cost of following Jesus and spend some dedicated time in inner reflection and evaluation. We must have an undivided attention fixed on Jesus. It's paramount in order to finish what we started and end this walk into eternity strong. 
We have to have an accurate assessment of attributes and abilities we need to win the war which we face in this life, win it without compromise. Once we have recalibrated our thinking and reaffirmed our commitment to follow Jesus come what may, I think a good thing to do is to pray in order to launch a go-forward strategy to live an optimistic daily human life. Praying, trusting, and casting all our cares upon Him because He cares for us. To keep things simple, which, you know, really that should be our foundational way of thinking. There's no reason to make things more complex than they have to be. I think it's a good idea to revisit the prayer of Jabez and see it as a good, simple place to start in our conversation with God. So for just a minute, let's refresh our minds about the prayer. Bruce Wilkinson published the book Prayer of Jabez in October 2000. The book was an instant success, becoming one of the fastest-selling books in history. In 2001, the book had sold nearly 2 million copies and was awarded the Platinum Book Award. The book was received by millions as the answer to our greatest life's needs. Others bashed it as a prosperity doctrine, name-it-and-claim-it charismatic heresy. There are those who did take the book too far in the simple basic prayer, almost turning it into a magic spell or incantation demanding a certain performance level from God on our behalf. It's a sad thing that both extremes of severe exaltation and condemnation really take away from the divine inspiration that God intends for us to glean from this side note in a genealogy record. God intentionally gave this little insight for our blessing. The prayer of Jabez is a biblical passage found in 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10. It has become popularized as a prayer for blessing and prosperity. The prayer reads, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. So for just a minute, let's refresh our minds about the prayer of Jabez. A special shout out to a lifelong friend and mentor who brought up this prayer as his chosen course of action in this season. His reminder was an inspiration to me, so I share it with you now with the hope that it will encourage you as well. The basic tenets of the prayer of Jabez are, number one, asking for blessing. Jabez asked God to bless him. This is an acknowledgement of God's ability to provide for and protect his people. Isn't that a good thing, to hold tight to Jesus like Jacob and ask Jesus to bless us? I ask God to bless me and my family daily. It's a good thing. In James chapter 4, verse 2, it says that you do not have because you do not ask. My friend, we need to ask God for the blessing. Number two, enlarging territory. Jabez asked God to enlarge his territory. This can be interpreted as asking God to expand his influence, resources, or opportunities. Isn't it a good thing to ask God to expand our influence, our resources? My friend, especially against a rapidly increasing hyperinflation and loss, and asking God to open doors of opportunity? The Great Commission of Christ will always be our primary mission on the planet as long as we are here, and to carry it out takes a vast amount of money, influence, access, favor, protection, and most importantly, people. How else can we carry out Jesus' command unless he enlarges our territory? Number three, God's hand. Jabez asks for God's hand to be with him. This is a request for God's presence and guidance in his life. The only real success is found in God's glory and praise. As we walk by faith, it must be by holding the invisible hand of our Heavenly Father. Number four, protection. Jabez asks for protection from harm. 
This can be interpreted as asking for physical or spiritual protection. Since the fall of Adam, it's been a dangerous world. Real and present danger is always with us. The devastation that came to the planet when, with the murder of Abel at the hands of Cain? Think about this. One-fourth of the Earth's population was destroyed. Terror and grief compounded because it was the slaying of a brother against brother. For a brief time in our not-too-distant past, we had the false sense of being safe and secure from all alarm, as the old hymn exclaimed, but those days are long past. If we are to live the robust spiritual life in this tumultuous time, we must cry out to God daily, moment by moment, for His physical and spiritual protection. That's a good thing. Number five, freedom from pain. Jabez asks to be free from pain. This can be interpreted as asking for relief from physical or emotional pain. Little is known of Jabez other than he was a descendant of Judah. He was an honorable man, and his mother named him Jabez, meaning sorrowful or sorrow maker, because his had been a painful birth. In his prayer, Jabez cries out to God for protection and blessing. Using a play on words, Jabez, the man of sorrow, asks God to keep him from that sorrow that his name both recalled and foreboded. Between the two, emotional and physical pain, emotional pain can be much worse than physical pain. Only God can heal the troubled mind, the troubled soul. I know that at times some may need the help of a licensed family Christian counselor, but in the end, my friend, healing of the mind comes at the hands of the wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ. I don't believe it's God's will for anyone to live under the cloud of grief and despair caused by physical or mental abuse. We have to pray to Him for freedom from pain. Very recently, I experienced chronic, relentless, severe pain. The condition is called moralgia parasthetica, which is caused by the compression of one of the large sensory nerves in the leg, the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. This nerve provides sensation to the skin along the outer thigh starting from the inguinal ligament and extending down toward the knee. Compression of the nerve can result in numbness, tingling, pain, or burning sensation felt in the outer thigh, which, my friend, I had all the above symptoms. The condition is also called Bernhardt-Roth syndrome. Nothing in my life compares to the pain I experienced with this condition. Mind-numbing pain. I'm talking about 24-7-365 type pain. Nothing, nothing would provide relief. The compression of the nerve is occurring in the lower core of the body and very difficult to address. Standing, sitting, and lying down were all equally painful. Great loss of sleep occurred. I cried out to God to heal me. I praise His name that He is answering my prayer. The dull ache in my lower right back, the toothache-type pain in my right hip, coupled with a feeling like I had a hernia on my right side of my groin, coupled with severe pain in my skin like Someone had poured battery acid on my skin, coupled with the sensation of my skin being electroshocked, coupled with the deep burning ache down the side of my outer right thigh. All that has stopped. The entire top skin covering my right thigh is still numb. Yes, we may be in the situation the Apostle Paul was with the attack of Satan through the thorn of the flesh, of which he gives us no further detail. And Paul asked three times for God to remove it. God gave him a response after the third request and told him, My grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is glorified through our weakness and frailty. I get it, but at the same time, we need to note the Apostle Paul absolutely did ask God to set him free from the infirmity that was placed on him at the hands of Satan. 
So it's only common sense that doing our very best for Christ happens in a pain-free environment. That's ideal. So both psychologically pain-free and physically pain-free. So my friend, it is right for us to ask him in prayer to set us free from pain. If you're looking for a plan of action to propel you forward in a robust physical and spiritual life, then we must pause for personal self-evaluation, recalibration, and a fresh commitment to be a successful follower of Jesus Christ. Then pray, pray to him, Father in heaven, I ask that you bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me free from pain. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.